Welcome to Wizard Team, a Black magical podcast for Black magical stories. Hi everyone, it's Bayana, Robin, and Portia embarking on a journey through the many fantasy stories written by and about Black people. Currently, we're reading Amari and the Night Brothers by B.B. Austin, and today we're discussing chapter 28. But first, let's uh, review what we discussed in chapter 27. So Amari was um, plagued by uh, cramming, is what we call it, overstudying. And her bestie Elsie was like, I know that you want to do well on this final uh, tryout, but you you can't do it this way. (laughs) You have to rest, you have to sleep. You have to take breaks. So um, she surprised her with what seems to be like a yearly tradition of trainees sneaking out and going to the All Souls Festival, which I uh, really helped solidify that I would like to join the Department of the the Dead. The All Souls Festival happened in a big field and it was a, it's a chance for the living and the dead to come together, uh, engage in some mutually beneficial capitalism, I guess. And um, Dylan, Amari, and Elsie hung out for a little bit, eating snacks and looking at potions and all of these fun things until Amari finds the Madame Violet tent. Um, meets Madame Violet, the writer of the spell book that Dylan has let her borrow. Um, she is no longer of this earthly plane, but that doesn't stop her from, you know, making some bargains, giving, uh, handing out some reads um, as a ghost. And uh, for a secret from a best friend, Madame Violet uh, reveals some um, interesting things. The secret Elsie gave was that she knows why she has yet to turn into a or to turn into a dragon um, and that's because she has yet to um, do something that shows immense bravery uh, she thinks that she's a coward which you know remains to be seen and then Madame Violet lets Amari know that uh, she has been aware of her because you know what are timelines they're not literal they're not lateral lateral linear linear thank you (laughs) they're not linear when you are a magician um and that she can expect great things um they leave madame violet's tent only to run into laura who uh fucks around and finds out laura decides to corner amari with her little crew and tries to literally beat her up and Amari decides to uh, use some magic most foul and does the spell that turns Laura's worst nightmares into reality and we find out that Laura's worst nightmare is to find out that her sister Maria is dead. Um, Amari immediately feels awful because uh, she sees the impact that that has on Laura. Uh, Laura's friends run away. Um, Elsie takes Amari back to the dorms and that is where we leave off. Um, And then we had a question, sorry, um, for our audience. 
which was uh, which department do you think Amari should should have joined if she didn't have to join the uh, Bureau of, or the Department of Investigations because of Quentin's disappearance? So we asked that question. We got an answer. Chelsea says that she thinks Amari would have been great in Dreams and Nightmares or Half-Truths and Full Cover-Ups because of her illusion ma- magic. She is a great investigator, though. Just wish Van Helsing wasn't the department head. So um, that's real. That's real. I, I didn't even think about half truths and full cover ups as like a magician with Connected. illusions. Yeah, like, me neither. Yeah, that's that's dope. Yeah, so. I don't know why. I mean, I hadn't like completely thought it through um, just because this week was crazy. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like thinking about like yeah, like what her where her magic could be best used. Um, those are both really good ideas. Yeah. And I feel like we're always hearing about, it feels like every, once we get past um, a lot of the trials, we keep hearing about new departments each chapter. Mm-hmm. Like even like now that we're towards the end of the book, we heard about another department that only could friend brought up earlier in the story. And she's like, okay, all right. There's a lot of departments here. There's so yeah. many possibilities. So I can see where she could be overwhelmed and be like, I'm just going to go with the one that I know I need to be. And like, I'm not even going to play. I don't, there's too many. Yeah. Yeah. I still stick with the fact that I think that she would be a really good um, bureaucrat, secretary of state. But I admit and thank you, Chelsea, for answering that question because I never thought about like what her as a magician and like that skill would be really good at. And because of that, I'm like, half truths, full cover ups is like actually a really great one. It's a good, yeah, for real. Yeah. The uh, wall of China is 30 meters different, and she could just be like, No, it's, no, it's not. not. You don't see that. <laughs> Paint an illusion. I don't know what, what you're do talking you about. See? I, don't th- I don't think you see that. I, don't I, don't, I think we're fine. No, we're good. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Um, tight. So, chapter 28. We're getting really close to the end. It's kind of like wild. Like, <laughs> like how we're here already. Um, Can I just tell you that the action at the end of this chapter um, is why I do not remember that this chapter exists. Like, I, yeah, I don't. I didn't. Whenever we, I started reading this chapter, I was like, oh, this did happen. But then I, I had when I remember this book, I do not remember this chapter at all. It's so short and so quick mm-hmm. that I really really only remember the end i don't necessarily enter the remember the yeah. end of the chapter yeah yeah no i agree like these these two chapters i think i don't remember if i said this in a spoiler heavy one or not but i thought that like some of the events in this happened sooner mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's really funny to get here and be like oh no this is at the end of the book like in my head before it was like mid midway through so that's also like funny um just like how you remember things or stories and stuff um so the morning it's the morning of the finale amari is her emotions are kind of all over the place she's excited about um like you know being so close to becoming junior agent but also nervous about like whether or not this is actually going to happen um given that we know like you know she's not allowed to do the uh show off her supernatural ability van helsing is definitely has it out for her all them parents who don't want her to become a junior agent um plus you know filling all this guilt about the foul magic that she used on Lara 
um it like she mentions that like Elsie kind of asked her not to do that again but Amari didn't even need that because she was already <laughs> she had already decided like that's that on that I am no longer going to be using uh foul magic I did think it was interesting that Lara didn't snitch I yeah you know what I I thought about this as well and I don't know if it's something that like maybe Dylan talked to her about or said like I will let them know like what you did or I don't, does Dylan even know what she, I don't know. I don't think Dylan knows. Yeah. But I do think it's really interesting that she didn't, but I think another part of it is is like, we saw how she felt after everyone was laughing at her about the spaghetti. And so it might also just be a pride and ego thing that she like Mm. got like basically her butt handed to her by Amari. Like she probably doesn't want to admit that as well so i don't know um or maybe she just didn't get the chance maybe she's still she's still like struggling with what she saw i will say she hasn't really been us like she blackmailed amari but she wasn't like immediately like i'm gonna tell her so or tell on you like off front she doesn't she's not like she holds it to when it's uh, to her usage. Like, yeah, so if, I wasn't use. like shocked, but I did think it was interesting that she didn't go like straight to her dad. But also, like you said, like if she's also dealing with the actual like emotional fallout of what she dealt with, it might not even be on her mind right away. Like she might still be dealing with what she saw. Yeah, um, I feel like the some... reason why she probably didn't tell her father is because her father's part of the issue, and mm-hmm. if he wanted, like, if for her to explain. What Amari did, she'd have to first explain what happened in the vision, and she doesn't want her father to know how she feels about him. Mm, that's also real, yeah, yeah. So, all lots of lots of lots of reasons. Um, oh, it didn't you know feel what like also, I don't oh. know. This is sorry. I just was as we keep talking. I'm like I have another yeah. idea, like another <laughs> thought, but we don't. And again, this is like the biggest problem we've, I mean, we talk about this all the time about just like proclaiming something as bad and never trying to understand it or like being, you know, being scared to understand something. Um, She may not understand that Amari was showing her her worst fear. She might think that Amari was showing her the future. She might think, Mm. you know what I mean? Like she, we know what that spell is um, because we were with Amari when she found out about it. Right. Um, I'm assuming that she tells Elsie what that spell is when they kind of talk about it. But Laura may not know what that spell actually is. And so what what she saw wasn't a foreglo- foregone conclusion, mm-hmm. right? So if she thinks Amari could have possibly shown her the future, um, then that's even more traumatizing. Right. And, and it's like, even if, even if she got Amari, like at that point, if she thinks it's the future, then Amari getting in trouble isn't really the like main, like her main concern. Yeah. Like that's no longer the like, the, the, the main, pressing yeah. issue. <laughs> yeah. That's not the pressing issue. The pressing issue is like, oh snap, my like, <laughs> my sister's dead or like is about to die about to or die. whatever. Yeah. I also think like it was like, I, I, took it literally as in like perhaps this is a nightmare she's had before like this is literally mm. bringing up her worst nightmare 
And so maybe she does know, like maybe she maybe she is confused, like she doesn't know if it's like true or not, but also she might be familiar with this because she like in like the fear itself might have froze her in the moment. Um, because she did like freeze whenever it started happening. But I think it also like if it's a nightmare that she's used to having, seeing it like big and like out in this in the alley probably also stirred up some stuff for her where she's like can't be here but i do wonder if that's how the spell works if it literally takes one of your nightmares or if it's just a manifestation of something in your subconscious that you've never really dealt with right yeah it could yeah. take one of my nightmares so i hope that's the case in case i ever run up against it because i don't have nightmares on you don't remember them for you I don't really I know, have well, I kind of like I, I um lucid dream so when I start having a nightmare I can just be like yo wake up, or no I don't want to do this and then I just like that's interesting I my dreams like I don't have a lot of like dreams like that but whenever I do I remember them and usually but once I wake up and have like distance from it or like you know the like my brain is awake then I kind of am like oh that was actually ridiculous like (laughs) I think I tweeted about the last one I had because it was like some weird like cultish thing and it like was getting I don't even what was I watching at the time I don't know but like it was some weird crazy thing and like people were getting killed and I was like on the run with Giselle Bryant from Rojas (laughs) so it was like one of those and it was one of those things where like so it's kind of like it's not like lucid dreaming it was more like I things were going I was definitely scared Giselle kept showing up and by the maybe the third time she showed up I was like no wake up this doesn't make any you sense you didn't help me like, like, I was like sleep. stop it I think that my brain eventually like finally clicked and said no this isn't actually does not even like this make any sense none of this makes sense you're fine like wake up go back to sleep like so yeah. it's yeah it's like an interesting that's thing. so like, there's funny. never been anything that's like you know, held on to me and I'm like disturbed after it's usually like, no, there was an element of something that was really weird in there that made me like click out of it. Yeah. That's so funny. The only time I've had a dream like that when I was watching, there's this, there used to be this show. It's Kevin Bacon's fault because I love Kevin Bacon as an actor, <laughs> but there was a show called the following oh, and I, I started it. That because Kevin Bacon was the main star of the show and it was like oh it's a cop procedural no that shit was a horror film it was it was the scariest freaking show ever and got to the point where like I couldn't watch it and then I was like but I really needed to know what happened because it was also really well done and so I had to watch it at like Saturday with all of the lights on and then I would still be freaked out about it and then I started dreaming about it and I was like, okay, no. I it was like a cult of serial killers. No. And they were I've like heard about it. they had I've to heard like of it, yeah. Join the they were they had to like kill to join the cult. And the, there was a leader, a serial killer, and then mm, and they were doing flash mob murders. And I just was like it was like literally before Black Mirror, but it was Black Mirror where you're like this shit would mm. happen. It was too Right. You're like too nose. real, too scary too scary and then there were twins at one point I was like "Mm." (laughs) Mm -mm." I think Aaron Ashmore was in it too so I was screwed oh my gosh I love Sean Ashmore and then his brothers and stuff I'm like but they're you can tell when they're they're, they're, whenever it's not Sean I know that they're twins now but maybe it was in the last like five to six years that I realized there were two of them I was like oh 
It took me a minute, like, around the Animorphs time. I was like, because I think that Aaron was doing stuff to you. And I was like, how is he in this? And also in this, I was like, wait a minute. No, there's two of them. There's and two then, of them. Yeah. <laughs> because Shonda's more, like, um, prime time. Yeah. And, like, more, like, kind of, like, what am I trying to say? Like, gen- gen- general stuff. And then Aaron does more, like, sci-fi-ish. Genre. But Sean, genre, yeah. But Sean is also on the boys, I think. Sean, Sean? The boys. but Sean was the one that was. Sean on was Fox. in X Men. Sean was in, Aaron was in X Men. That was Sean. Oh, okay, so then Sean just says like Sean gets bigger checks. Sean gets he has the better freaking um, IMDb, and mm. so he gets mm. his agent be going in for him because he Sean was the one on the following, and I was like, I will, I was so, so so so, so mad at him. Um. But Aaron's on the Killjoys. So he wins. Aaron's my favorite. <laughs> and he was on Warehouse 13. He was Jinx. He was he's okay. Aaron is on Sci-Fi Channel. And then hmm. Sean be on the stuff that like be cutting them checks. I get it. Okay, I got it now. I got it now. I feel like I've seen okay. That's the thing about them though, because you can't okay, so Liz, I'm looking at um Sean's and DB. He's on the rookie currently. He was in the boys' lamplighter. I feel like I've seen him. He's been in, yeah, there's something called Quantum Break, and he was in that. I'm like, he does sci-fi stuff outside of just the X-Men. Like, he's done. They both do, like, genre stuff, but it looks seems like, okay, Sean has the bigger checks. Aaron does the more, like, niche genre stuff. Like, when I said, like, genre, I was thinking, like, it, you find it on the sci-fi channel. Aaron be working in Canada. Yes. <laughs> Sean be going to Hollywood. <laughs> Anyway, let's Amari. Let's go. Amari, I don't remember how we got there, but that was that was great. Um, Just because the the following, the following, yes, 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 yes. Um, so, so uh, for the finale, the six uh, remaining trainees report to the lobby at nine a.m. They're given a schedule to tell us to tell them where they need to be and what time. Um, First is supernatural world knowledge. Um, which is essentially, it's like they're taking an SAT test. Like, she walks in with an answer sheet and a number two pencil. I'm like, y'all don't even get a computer. They don't get no magical, like, practical knowledge. It's, like, very much giving, you know, high school exam and It's interesting to me how they have all these, I mean, I guess it's a standardized process or whatever, but, Mm -hmm. like, it's surprising. Like they have the lucid dreams thing, so like they're they can put images in front of people's faces and test them on images if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. And they're they just technology. Go to a... I I mean sometimes the it's easy. You know, you go back to basics. It's, you don't have to do all the spectacle. They did a lot. <laughs> maybe the it reason costs, maybe it costs is, a lot. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it's like the a reason budget that they thing. give is that they, they insist on this is tradition. Like. Uh-huh. Like they practice on computer, but no, they do broke. it on paper. They're broke. <laughs> <laughs> they already ran up the budget on on the on the tryouts. That's that's my headcanon. <laughs> um, but Amari's hard work has definitely paid off. Um, so she remembers a lot of the answers, um, including the same final question she had on her first exam: which two great beasts reside in the Atlantic Ocean? Um, and the answers are the Kraken and the Leviathan. We had the Leviathan, like, that was 
confirmed, but now the Kraken is confirmed. Love but that also, us. it's really interesting that they're noted as the for both, as in as if there's only one each, like that's mm-hmm. living in the world, and that's what makes them a great beast. But I'm like, I don't understand that. Like, how can you only have one? I mean, I kind of get it. I think it's like, I think I've only, I generally, when I hear about a Kraken, I never heard of like Krakens, plural. I'm Not sure in like is... the same world. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I've heard of different Krakens, but all based on like one Kraken or one myth of a Kraken. I just don't know how that happens. Like, how do you only have one of you? You're one of one. Maybe they're immortal and then they don't have to like procreate or whatever. But if they get if they die, if someone but if they're immortal, to... then they can't die. And then if, if they someone do die, then out. then I hate hate that for them. I don't know. <laughs> All right, another crack can regenerate. Like it's like if it, if there's a loss, there's one automatically. Well, so just now generate. I'm thinking about in Naruto, which I don't think either of you watch, but um there is they have all these like tail beasts or whatever and the eight tails is like an ox slash octopus crossover thing whatever at one point it lay um are like fighting and one of the tentacles gets uh cut off and then there's this thing called a substitution jutsu so the dude who like controls the thing he substitutes himself to pretend like he's the tentacle and they think that they have like defeated this big beast and take it or whatever and then later he like poofs out of the like little tentacles and i'm like if you fight now i'm imagining like fighting the kraken killing him you leave like a part of his body to like stay in the ocean and then that's where like the new one blooms from i yeah but i don't know i feel like the kraken would just die but (laughs) i know that went way over y'all's head but for the folks who do watch naruto and know who i'm talking about that was for you (laughs) i mean something that could happen in Pokemon possibly I don't know I just feel like you know sometimes you get to be the only one special that way I mean I guess maybe they're homies maybe maybe they're friends maybe they link up you know know? like can you imagine just living in the depths of the sea like everyone's afraid to come near you because you are literally a great beast and like no but socialization maybe, whatsoever. That's how no they become company. That's how they become villains. Yeah. Or they're just homies in there and they like hang out and then they're introverts and then they like, okay, we're gonna Aww. hang out again. Hey, what's up? Me and my homie, you See know, you we buy like, or whatever. And then, and then bye. They're both they're in the same ocean, you know what I mean? They're huge, yeah. so I assume they can travel pretty uh I love how you're like they're in the same ocean as if the ocean is not <laughs> But they're big. That's why I said they're yeah, huge. Like they're not the Pacific Ocean and the Atlantic. That's less space. Not that the is Atlantic it is it than the Pacific? Yeah, but like the Atlantic is like it's it has the UK, it has like that part of Europe, and then it also has like the Caribbean. That's also I'm not the Atlantic saying Ocean. It's not big. I'm not saying it's, it's just not, not big. As I'm big. just saying it's not as big, so they have less space to cross, and they're huge. So I and they're magical. So I assume that if they want to link up, that it's not it's not a big thing. Or they just, you know, they're like, we gonna they want to teleport like lockjaw. We said we were gonna meet in the Bermuda Triangle. So like, let's. We said we were gonna yeah. link up. Hopefully, maybe that's the answer to the Bermuda Triangle right there. It's all the great beasts. That's where their cons are, and they're like. <laughs> <laughs> Come during con season. 
We gotta get you out of here because you can't you can't all of us. Okay, back to <laughs> actually I love that. <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I might have to write this. You're gonna have to write the story. No, for real, that's so funny. But um, I was gonna say about the oh about them meeting up. Like I feel like the bureau are haters, and they would never let them just meet up. Like they kept putting freaking the Indomitable Iceman back down. Like oh, I feel true. like the bureau are such haters; they would not allow for the Great Beast to meet up with each other like that. Because they're like, oh, they're plotting them? against us. Hmm? No, can they really stop them though? Is what I'm. But they, that's the amount of. I mean, they have the is, amount of no snow. They is a great beast. Sleep. Um, yeah, well, they got true. him in. But which you know, you're in the, like, but he has he's in Antarctica, which again, I'm Antarctica just, I know is huge, but like maybe it's easier to catch him above water. I could. I'm see, wondering if like messing with know. the abominable snowman messes with like global warming or something. Because I'm ecosystem. like, how much yeah, money yeah. does it cost to keep that? That's why they can't get more than hibernating. A the, uh... <laughs> it comes full circle. We figured it out. <laughs> That's how they wanted to keep him asleep too. Because if he woke up and saw how crappy the world, he's like, "Nah, it's time for a freeze. Time for to make yeah. freeze again." Y'all made me back. do it. Oh Y'all made God. me do it. <laughs> Um, so after the test, Amari and Dylan practice their steps for the Helsing technique um, for a bit before they uh, go to the dueling gym. Um, and then basically they all just have to like duel each partner. I guess it's a little bit different than it would have been if they had four teams, but they only have three. So I think it's pretty much like they just each go up against each other. Um, first they go against Zoe and Madison, um, which they, you know, it's light work. They got that. Mm -hmm. The next one is a little harder. Um, Amari gets that, but Dylan wins it for them. Um, and that was the uh, the hater Brian Lee is in that group. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So of course they took out the, Amari, the but Dylan was like, whoop. Yeah. Teamwork, I think it's making dream work and all that. Yeah. They got it. I think it's so interesting that like, I mean, I know why, because of what we're about to get into, but um, the first two like parts of the test are just kind of like relegated to like these short little paragraphs or whatever. It's not like... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm a big deal um in this way which i think again like i said makes sense because now it's time for the supernatural ability demonstration and that's like the whole thing why we're dylan here. said he was gonna <laughs> yeah like dylan said he was gonna give amari his spot um she is nervous about it also knowing that like van helsing was going to uh was likely gonna like use that as an excuse not to pass her anyway and like all of that so that's pretty much, you know, now it's, now it's time for that. <laughs> Today is BNC's birthday. We're not only celebrating eight years of providing critical and creative content, but launching our summer baddie road trip campaign. Help us reach our goal of $1,000 a month in Patreon support by joining our Patreon at any tier. We'll be celebrating later today, May 17th at 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern with our birthday live stream. Join us on YouTube and then become a BNC baddie at www.patreon.com slash black nerds create. All right. So um, director Van Helsing calls Dylan to the stage even though it's the final demonstration, the briefing auditorium buzzes with the sound of Dylan's name. So this, so I guess unlike the other, the first two 
parts of the well i don't it didn't really say if the duels had an audience or not but this has an audience it's like full of agents and junior agents here to watch the demonstration of supernatural ability it's not just like the instructors um yeah so dylan walks onto the stage with a microphone and a chair um uh director van helsing says that they can either display their supernatural ability first and announce what it is to the spectators later or vice versa um and dylan says i'll be allowing my partner amari peters to have the stage she has a demonstration she'd like to perform um i will just say whenever dylan and amari were discussing this i was like oh no this could go off real bad for amari if she steps up onto the stage whenever dylan is announced like that could mm -hmm. just have really bad repercussions for her um and i'm glad that dylan um did come onto the stage and set it up and be like oh yeah i'm not doing this i'm giving seating my time to right. amari right this so made then, me like, think about um like bystander training <laughs> like when you mm. when people talk about like being like an active ally especially when you go to like protests and stuff like that and i was like look at them having like a whole thought out strategy yeah i mean i will no say too like it's also very like it is i think it's good character or like yeah character growth like character development too for dylan and like how he started where he was just kind of like quiet he would kind of warn her about stuff but not actually like stand stand up for her um to the point where now he's like no i'm like literally i'm about to come up here i'm going to tell you what i'm allowing happen or like what i'm going to do and then and not just like throwing her out to the wolves um mm -hmm. by herself so um yeah um so you know their shouts go up on the stage as amari walks um to join him van helsing's like that won't be allowed come down off that stage at once young lady um dylan and amari smile at each other and then dylan dips he's like this is what we <laughs> this. We're gonna do. here you go um so van helsing or director van helsing is practically growling to the microphone i'll give you one more chance before i send someone up there you will not perform that vile sorcery here among these good people and i'm like please sit down shut up um posturing yeah but it's also like sir this is a wendy's <laughs> that thou sorcery <laughs> like, right, like, like i'm gonna is my demonstration gonna be something where i like do you think i'm gonna come kill people as my demonstration right. if it was going to be dangerous if it pass. was gonna be an attack why would i announce it right right like why would i be if i'm like clearly the point is for me to like show you what i can do not to like act actively antagonize you so i'm trying to pass i'm trying to become part of the <laughs> i department. want to be an agent why would <laughs> i try to come, become part of the department by doing something that's completely dangerous to and why would here? i go through all these trials and stuff right just to, to do it now just if i was ready now? for it i would have i would have done it already it's kind of the yeah thing. if i was gonna do it i would have done it already i would have been done it um so Amari doesn't move. When she raises her hands, it goes silent. People cower in their seats like they think she's about to attack or something, which again, like we just said, does not really make sense. Um, but also, you know, prejudice and bigotry never does. <laughs> None of it actually is rooted in anything that never makes, makes sense. sense. No. It doesn't have to um, make sense when you want to be afraid of something. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, get her off Unless that stage. Unless the following. That makes sense. That shit scary. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it full circle. <laughs> Um, get her off that stage, Parks Director Van Helsing. She fills the room with darkness. 
Like she's she she was she was practicing. Okay, she, oh, so she was working her stagecraft. She was like, yeah. drama. She drama. was watching. She was watching Homecoming. She was watching This Is It. She said, mm-hmm. "Listen, let me let me perform for y'all. Yeah, I know how to put on a show. Okay, I'm hooked. Entertainment. I'm hooked." Yeah. What's she gonna do? That's the other thing is she does she definitely does like play that part up, which is like part of it. It's kind of how you draw people in and pull them out of their fear as well. Um she's really playing on the fact that like magic is always been joyful, like in people's mm -hmm. like experience of like especially in fiction, it's mostly been fictionalized, right? Everyone thinks of it as a fiction. So that's a so play to people's inherent curiosity about magic and just like the wonder of it all like that's a really smart move to make when you're when she's trying to make this point about don't be scared like this is about fun this is about joy mm-hmm. um so amari tiptoes onto the stage um she says hello into the microphone my name is amari peters the magician girl you guys have heard all about magicians, but most of you don't actually know any. So I'd like you all to, or so I'd like to welcome you all to a very special supernatural immersion class, Magician Edition, which I think is very smart to play it like that and a little bit petty, which mm-hmm. I love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me tell you where the curriculum is lacking. Okay, y'all haven't actually talked to magicians, so how would you know anything about them? Like you yeah. go and you see these other people, these other creatures, and you talk to them. Like, you know, you learn more about them and even like, you know, they, they were looking at a boogeyman who they eat yeah. fear and y'all were like, I have all these questions I want to know. So like, here's your case. Do your you know my cousin Willa May back <laughs> in North Carolina? Right, like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Why do you um, look <laughs> So, uh, Amari first, uh, says, she says habitat. She paints an illusion. Um, filling the auditorium with a street um, in her neighborhood. Um, and so... I love this part, too, because it's like yeah. we see in the most recent Lara bullying incident, like her being like, can't take the girl out of the ghetto or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this is like Amari being like, this is where I'm from. Right. And also, again, like, it's not, like, for her, and it's, like, a thing I appreciate about the book in general, like, there's no shame in her growing up in the projects, right? Like, that's a part of who she is. It's a community that she loves and who, and that has nurtured her and made her who she is today. And so, she, you get, you get mad at Lara for saying stuff like that because it's disrespectful to the people that I, like, grew up with and who I love and to the place that, like, you know, raised me. Um, but not because exactly. Just not, yeah, but not because I'm ashamed of it, but because right, it shows it just reinforces these these stereotypes that are not that I know to not be true, mm-hmm. um, are not wholly true. I guess you know, like yeah. there are incidences, and you know, her and her mom like have mentioned, you know, some of you know stereotypes in general. Some of it is based on a kernel of truth that gets blown like those stereotypes about rich girls who like to use her mom's credit cards and blame it on someone else got him (laughs) and i um so amari says i lived in the rosewood projects for as long as i can remember it's basically a low income apartment complex for people who need a little help getting by People joke and call it the hood or the bad side of town, but it's full of good people if you give them a chance. Um, She changes the illusion to her apartment, 
um, and has the audience glide through it like one of those virtual house tours um, on the internet, which is actually like, it's kind of cool. It's like cool to see how like you use the things that you already know to kind of like guide what mm-hmm. like you're doing. Um, she like, ba- yeah, she shows them the home where she lives, her room. Um, she says, and this is where the famous agent Quentin Peters used to sleep when he was just my big brother. We would lie in here and dream about the things we're, what we were going to do. He made me believe I could actually do anything I set my mind to. He made me believe in me. Um, so again, also like appealing to Preaching. that part as well of, of their like, you know, uh, what is it? Like, empathy. Their empathy, but also just their like, their like, you know, he's a celebrity. Common, you know, idolization, idolization of like Quentin. celebrities are just like um, us, you know. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking so, um, one of the actors um, in the film Moonlight, uh, whose name is escaping me right now, it's like it's Aaron something. It's his initials are AH. Anyway, um, he had this interview uh, about Moonlight where he was saying the specificity, the universality is in the specificity, and I love that like quote uh, and that sentiment. And I think about it all the time because I think. It's true. Like she's showing a very specific, this is her apartment. This is how she sees her brother Quentin and not agent Quentin Peters and Vanquish, right? But in that, hopefully there are people in the audience, there are junior agents who are not that far removed from where she was as a trainee um, who are like, yeah, I used to talk about wanting to do things and like, you know, maybe the house is smaller and not as nice as mine, but it's just a house. It's like where families are. Dylan's looking at that like, oh, this looks lovely. This is like where a loving family with like right. supportive, a supportive Dylan parent. is probably looking at it like the like, way that Hillary Clinton looks in that apartment whenever she's in an apartment. Like, people live in these small spaces? I had no idea. Like, right. Um, it's a it's a gallon of milk, Michael. What could it cost? $10? <laughs> exactly. Um, but that level of this is who I am and my hopes and my dreams. And they're like, yeah, it doesn't look like yours, but really how far removed is it? Our house is smaller. We have less. We want the same, you know? Mm-hmm. So I love mm-hmm. it. Um, and then she says hobbies. Well, I usually compete in the summer sim, uh, in the summer swim meets at the rec center, but I got a little busy this year trying to make junior agent. Um, and her joke gets a few laughs uh somebody shouts go to the department of undersea relations um under the sea which is like a good you know again now she's having people who are like they're they're into it they're interacting they're like um curious um but also if then if the department of undersea relations doesn't have hallie bailey as ariel as their (laughs) entrance in their lobby then things are terribly bad (laughs) what are we doing Um, I also like to read books, the fun ones, not supernatural laws and regulations. That author should definitely be investigated for crimes against good moods and staying awake. Um, I'd much rather read books about magic and adventure, though I'd never imagine my own life would ever come close. Re- recently, I've taken up another hobby, and that's practicing magic, which is mostly just me playing around with illusions. And then she shows an image of um, Elsie freaking, freaking out about the time she turned her hair pink. She says, I think I've gotten pretty good. Tell me what you guys think. And then here comes the like drama and the theater um, (laughs) in it. So, which I think is interesting. Like, so she goes from, and I did write like 
it's it's a thing that it's like a thing that's had to come up that's come up multiple times in this book of like her having to humanize herself for around for these people mm-hmm. and that onus being on her and how like horrible that is. I do appreciate in this sense that like she's having fun with it. It's not like a moment mm-hmm. where they're like putting pressure on that. She's like, no, this is what I want to do. And then I also want to like entertain and show you that like magic can be a fun thing or like a cool thing. It's not just about like me and who I am, but it's also about like this ability is more than just yeah. bad stuff and evil. Um so I appreciate the like balance she gives it where it's not just like, you know, see me as a person, but also like magic see, as a ability, whole inherently, yeah. inherently a problem. It's a tool and it's like mm-hmm. any other tool, like it, what you do with it, um, how you choose to use it. It says a lot more about the person than it does about the tool. So... Mm-hmm. I will say that I like the to the part about the like no shame and everything too. I think that um she's trying to play into like I'm giving y'all the benefit of the doubt that I'm gonna show y'all this stuff and show you how like you can't weaponize my background against me because I am not ashamed of my background. Um at the same time, I'm not ashamed of being a magician, but even though the first time I came into this world, I have no idea about any of this stuff and y'all told me I should be ashamed. Of being a magician. I'm not ashamed of that. And I want to show you why I'm not ashamed. And I'm going to show you with this magic. I'm going to show you um, that, like, this is as a 12 year old girl. Like, this is, I like to doodle with my, I do this. This is what I'm going to do with my magic. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't use the stuff that you use to victimize people who are from where I'm from or are magicians um, in the way that you're used to doing it because you think that it's your right to do that. It's not like take like you're, she's taking and she's um, putting ownership over it mm-hmm. in a way that they've never seen before. But I think she's also giving them the benefit of the doubt that they will receive it better yeah. than they've been. Um, which I just feel honestly makes me feel sad for Amari because she's 12. So like she's still got a level of hope. Um, in humanity that I think that we lose as we get older because we yeah. know from experience how humans tend to act. Agreed. Um, so yeah, so then she puts on a show. She turns the ceiling into a cloudless starry night and lets the Aurora Borealis glimmer just beyond their fingertips as shooting stars zip across the auditorium. She turns the room dark again. Suddenly fireworks explode and sparkle overhead one after the other. Then the auditorium becomes a circus with performers doing flips down the aisles and trapeze acrobats twisting and flipping around them. Clowns spill out of a car on stage while tigers jump through hoops of fire. Um, Then they're aboard a pirate ship in the middle of a terrible storm. People clutch their seats as the ships rock back and forth amid crashing waves that tower above them. Uh, I will just say that the Bureau is really like missing out on an opportunity for some like really dope VR. (laughs) Like, I'm like, is there a theme park? Like, come on. Somewhere? Like, come on. Y'all decided all these magicians were evil. And they're, yeah, now all of a sudden they're using all their powers for evil. But they could be using it for so much other, like, fun stuff. Like, way it to play yourself. It is mind-boggling <laughs> when you think about, like, if you guys would just shut up for two seconds and look at what she's doing. I have already thought about 15 different ways this could help you. Right. This could enhance your life. I'm, li- I'm literally wearing this shirt right now, the... Um, even though, shout out to Frank Ocean because he uh, 
hope he's doing well. <laughs> it's uh, why be racist, sexist, homophobic, or transphobic when you could just be quiet? And it's like, why be a bigot when you could just be quiet? Why block your blessings? Do you know how many magicians you could have doing cool stuff? Because it makes them look mediocre in, um, <clears throat> in contrast. And you know? it's like, but you're already mediocre, my duck, my dude. Like, just be, just live and it. Be like, okay, it. I yeah. own it. I am, I am, I am a mediocre being. It's just I what love I being am. mediocre. Listen, yo, the the it's the amazing. power of being mediocre is such a big power. Do you, you know really? what I have done this week? Nothing. I read. That's about it. I went for a walk for animals yesterday. Did I walk fast? No. Did I walk? Yeah. Did I raise the most money? No. Did I raise some money? Yeah. Mediocre. Hey. <laughs> Look at me. I was gonna say something about the oh. So like when I whenever I mentioned theme park, I immediately was like, yo, what if the magicians got in a league with the Sasquatches for real estate? And Ooh. there was they had immersive rooms. Come on, you could go room. to. Could you imagine doing an escape room with a magician? Come on, oh, Come on. Elsie, Elsie. They're just leaving money on the table. On That's the table. Like imagine a secret headquarters that was freaking decorated by a magician. Like illusions everywhere, trap doors. One of my favorite things is like in the Star Trek universe, they have a hollow deck, and it's just basically. Um, the the room from the a expansion. room of like hologram, right? And so they have yeah. these things called hollow novels, and you become the character and you act out the novel. And then the the characters they respond to you, they're actually because it's just a big, you know, computer program, whatever, a bunch of AI. We don't like to think about it too hard, but the AI is lights or proton energy. I don't know. I I don't. Mm. I'm I'm not an engineer. Um, in this world. You could have immersive, like, movies, immersive, like, engagements just because of the, um, an um, a magician using illusions, painting illusions. You could, you could literally be like, well, Amari and the Night Brothers is the world. You could literally say, Legendborn is my favorite book. And Amari could be like, all right, you're Brie. Enter. Go forth and prosper. Do you know how much I would pay for that? <laughs> Put me on a payment plan because I know it's expensive. Listen! <laughs> I will be in deep debt. Oh my gosh. But happy. Yeah. That is the millennial way. No, for real. <laughs> deep debt but real. happy. Yep. Like, I'm, I'm surrounded by things that make me happy. Mm-hmm. It, did I, was I smart about my spending? No. no, no, absolutely not. Absolutely, no. no. <laughs> um. So finally, um. Finally, she puts them on a calm sandy beach with a sun setting into the horizon and says, "The end." Um. She sweeps the illusion away. Um. Steps out onto the stage in front of the microphone. Dylan left for her. So she did all of that off stage, which again was smart. Like she's trying to like, you know, it's like I'm not just gonna make myself a target for Van Helsing's 
like agents to come and Ooh, grab nice. me. Like I'm gonna pop out, be like, "Hey, I'm doing this thing. I'm going back to stage, and I'm gonna make it happen." Um, but now she steps out and she says, uh, "Supernatural emergent class usually ends with us asking questions, so here I am. I'll answer anything you guys ask." Um, someone and then Ben asks, Helsing holds his hand and he says, "I have a question. How dare you?" Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um. So then he said, somebody asks if it's really her this time. She says, yep. Hopefully director Van Helsing will let me finish. Um, it's agent Fiona who answers and says, go on. Um, so who knows what she's Van like, Helsing is. She's okay, like, let no her mind. talk. Let okay, her no talk. Um, so there are a lot of questions from does magic. Does using magic make you grow horns? Did Quentin know you're a magician? What makes you different from all the other magicians that committed so many awful crimes? Um, the last question is the hardest and she has to think before she answers. And she says, I don't know what, what, uh, I don't know that anything makes me different from those other magicians. Honestly, there's a lot of being magician that I still don't get. What I have learned is it's my choice. What kind of magician I'm going to be. I'm trying to learn from my mistakes and not be like those bad magicians you guys know about. I guess I'm just asking for a chance to prove myself. Um, again, again. Like herself has been like the guiding star of her whole interaction with the bureau it's that and then it's also like with most places actually with most institutions that she's been involved in really yeah i don't know and she's 12 but i really wish she would have been like you know what i don't know but i do think that maybe those other magicians might not have been so bad if they hadn't been pushed into the outskirts of society i mean i don't don't think she's yeah systemic systemic things are not you know i'm i'm not really expecting that from her like i said she's 12 and she'll get there and like she needs more exposure but like I will say, like, I would hope someone, Fiona or someone, is looking at it and going, you know, shit. Maybe if we if, had if done my, a if my, immersion class before and, like, actually right? made these people, like, if their existence not, wasn't like, a crime, yeah. Like, you know? maybe they wouldn't, you know, fall to crime. Right. Um, or be pushed into it. Um, so Fiona fi- calls time on the presentation. People actually clap. Not everyone, but some. Um, she goes backstage to see two agents waiting. So they actually let her, even though they were told to go, they also let her like chill for a sec or like mm-hmm. let her finish. She knew she would get in trouble, but no matter how good or bad, um, no matter how good or bad it would turn out. Um, but she asked for a couple seconds so she can just kind of like soak in the, um, people clap, people the like applause. Yeah. But then screams from the auditorium pop her eyes back open. Alarms go off. Agents rush past. Amari steps back on stage to find the whole place going nuts. People dash up the aisles toward the exit. Other climb, others climb over their seats. Almost everyone is looking up. Um, and that's because there are three huge bat hybrids flashing long fangs. Amari's too stunned to react, but then she blinks and suddenly there are 20. That is just whoever is doing this. Whatever magician this is has no solidarity. <laughs> like, can you let her have her moment before we start like making people scared again? Like y'all are out of pocket. Come on. Insane. Get with the program. Like I we don't we don't talk we don't do Drake here. Like and I'm talking about myself singularly. I don't know how y'all but oh, because I, I don't do things for him. We no. don't do Drake here. <laughs> we don't do Drake here. We don't do Drake here. <laughs> Um, but there's this song we do do Aubrey we do Jimmy Brooks Jimmy Brooks that's it yes 
there was a mixtape he had that came out uh, early in his career, and one of the songs was like at a course was like "Please Don't Be Scared of Me," uh, and I feel like that's Amari's whole like thing like she's just actively asking people please don't be scared of me like her her common refrain is please don't be scared of me and then as soon as she ends her big please don't be scared of me presentation here comes the big scare for magicians like okay yes be scared of magicians it's just and we're gonna i'm excited because we're now getting into the meat of the whole thing but Mm -hmm. it is literally like like you said bayata like whoever this magician is has no solidarity and it's like I um, feel like so you know okay this is weird I don't know I don't know how to do this without spoiling no I no but like I can't think of a better analogy but like you know when there is like a mass shooting or just something that happens and you're like, please don't let them be black. Do you know that like Mm -hmm. feeling of like, Mm -hmm. because then it's going to reflect on like all of us. And Mm -hmm. you know that like when you go into like the wider, wider, wider world, they're going to ask you questions about it as if no one ever asked. And you know, no one ever asked them questions about the Right. I don't stop a random white person walking down the street after a school shooting and be like, what did you think about school shooting? Right. And so it just gives me that like sense of like, she just really like laid herself open and kind of like bared her thoughts, fears, hopes, soul. And immediately it's like all of that goodwill is undone because of the like you have to be twice as good to get half as much and like you have to be excellent right this like excellent thing and even still if you show all of that excellence I guess Will Smith also does this too not even because it's not her mistake she didn't she did not do this Will Smith didn't make a mistake I don't think Will Smith made a mistake either I think his only mistake was that it was on national television but no Chris needed that Chris he needed was, that. Because he wasn't listening behind the scenes because he's been told this man to step off. I mean, he needed to slap him. I'm just saying. On national but- television. So he everybody would get the message. We don't F with him around here. <laughs> anyway, I but you know what I mean? It's like this, like you she she has spent this entire book like figuring out who she is, not really who she is, but figuring out what it means to be a magician in this world, figuring out what she wants while also having her like north star goal of figuring out what's happened to her brother and she gets to this point now where she recently made a pretty big mistake and has like kind of come to terms with that taken accountability come to terms with it and it's like figured out who she is and what she wants to be and who she wants to become and lays that bare and then this happens immediately and kind of undoes all of that work and i just feel like i mean we'll see if it does undo all that work but this is how the chapter ends but it definitely has the potential to and like obviously some folks their like opinions weren't going to be changed regardless but it's like it's yeah it's still terrible timing and it's still like again you can let her just have this like Whoever the magician is, they were in the audience, like or, right. or nearby. They heard it. Y'all could have just let, gave, been like, you know what? Not today. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm gonna come back. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, we have we have more time. Well, let's let uh, the next person go. Right. We don't know if Dylan was the last one to present. I don't think he yeah. was. But, let a couple yeah. people present, and then we'll go back into well, our regular we'll schedule programming. You know, exactly. Give some space. Give, just give some give some breathing, Let it breathe. breathing room. Let it, Let it breathe. breathe. That's all. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. MVP. Amari, for everything I just said. Uh, Same. It's and an anime show. Yeah. Showing them how much money they're leaving on the table on top right. of just like the general bigotry. They're also someone just, like, is in that crowd with dollar signs writing notes like Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Let's come on. Let me get the Yetis on the phone. Let me let me secure a location and let's get this this illusion uh palace of illusions going. Come on. You know, you can, we'll we can do it. We could do it like Disneyland. You could buy a yearly pass, a magic key with different like things. You know what I mean? We could, we could do a one-off. We could make a traveling, whatever. Let's just mm-hmm. secure the funding. You know? Dollar signs. All I see is signs. All I see is dollar signs. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, benched. I benched The Apprentice because of everything I just said. Like, I just feel like, yeah. let it breathe. Give her some yeah. room. And, like, also, I think um, we know that, like, The Apprentices, from what we know, The Apprentice's main goal is to get uh, Van, not Van Helsing, Moreau released, right, in exchange for um, Quentin and Maria, in exchange for whatever. Like, he wants to get Moreau released moreau's biggest thing this is where i'm like you 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 lose sight of the forest for the trees right is like Mm -hmm. showing the i guess supremacy of magicians but the vast but that also comes from the fact that magicians have been put on the outskirts so if you step back mr mr mrs apprentice little apprentice punk whatever whoever you are Mm. um you would see that what amari just did was to help your cause in helping to let to lessen the kind of stigma around magicians to show that they can be impressive, but to do it in a way that doesn't terrify people um, and get people on your side. So like, let it breathe. Give her that. Give some time, you know? So that's why I benched The Apprentice. Word. I benched Van Helsing, or director Van Helsing um, for like, you know, being the worst. He's he's yeah. yet to find an opportunity to not be a trash bigot, um, and I'm glad that his little plan. I mean, at I least his plan how... to not give Amari the space to do that backfired. But yeah, we still don't uh, know what it is like. Yeah, you'll enjoy this, Vanna. But I don't know if they really explain like if B.B. Austin really described what Van Helsing looks like, but when he was like, get her off the stage, I saw the, like, Michael Jackson and Ghost, like the neighbor one. The <laughs> that's who I yeah. saw. So now that's what Van Helsing looks like to me. That's Did he so give funny. him a name? Like, he's like, you know, like the... the he's thing. Michael Jackson in a... In a, in a fat, in a yeah. white man suit. Like, mm-hmm. But still. Yeah. Yeah, I know you're talking about. I too uh, benched Van Helsing. Um, 
he literally heckled a 12 year old like he was like get her off the stage like she's she's a 12 year old like dude like what's not competing um he also sent minions um and goons after her like again she's 12 like just too much um but in addition to van helsing i also benched at least part of the audience um because the part of the audience that was just like silent for it all it, it was just like for me it's like y'all hate on amari and i'm hating on y'all like y'all deserve the hate that y'all put into the world and therefore i also hate like you're gonna get that back like you're gonna feel like the least you can do is applaud someone like could you put on illusions could you make a laser light show that includes the aurora balayas i don't think you can so I think for just the fact that you would not be able to do it, just so a cute, cute little golf clap would even work. But don't sit there and do nothing. Yeah. We're not going to do that. Especially not to a 12-year-old. Like, really? Where is your self-esteem where you feel better for putting down a 12-year-old girl? Get it together. Get it together. Mm-hmm. Um, great. Thank y'all for listening. We will be back next week with Chapter 29. Wizard Team is brought to you by Black Nerds Create. If you want to keep up with our other content, you can check out our website at blacknerdscreate.com. Follow us on Twitter at blacknerdscreate, at Yana Rodit, at Robin underscore Rambles, and at Portia. Follow us on Instagram and Tumblr at blacknerdscreate, and subscribe to our monthly magic newsletter. And don't forget to rate and review this and all of our a collective shows um, wherever you're getting your local podcast episodes. Bye. Bye. Bye.